warning. The program you're about to hear is absolutely filthy and thoroughly disgusting. Furthermore, listening to it will immediately turn you into a bottom. But listen, when, when it's messy, it's a problem for everyone in the room. Correct. All ten of them. I'm proud to declare the Adam Sank Show and his ass open to the wind. Ass open to the wind. This is fuckery. <laughs> this is all fuckery. <laughs> fuckery, fuckery, fuckery. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... Give a warm round of applause to my friend and yours, Adam Sank. <laughs> Sank. We're not live, but this is a brand new episode if you're listening at 11 a.m. Saturday, August 20th in the year 2022 at dnrstudios.com and the DNR Cast app, the only place to hear this podcast throughout the week that it first airs. If you listen anywhere else, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We got two great new reviews last week. We would love to hear more. Uh, read more, that is. So uh, post them, particularly on Apple Podcasts, but really whichever audio platform you use, if you're not a subscriber, that is. Email me your dick pics, your whole pics, your uh, your criticisms, your comments, your compliments, anything you want at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Get your ass merchandise at adamsank.com. Call the ass hotline anytime you want. Even when we're not on the air, just leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the air. It's 804 Talk Ass. Get vaccinated and boosted for everything and stand with Ukraine. Today's show, I believe, is going to be an ass for the ages. I think this might be our most iconic guest that we've ever had. Our guest today is none other than Sanjaya Malakar, season six finalist from American Idol. Um, he's always been one of my dream guests for many reasons. There's so many things I want to ask him, and I'm thrilled that he agreed to come on our podcast. And actually, according to him, he's become kind of a fan of the podcast since I first reached out to him, um, which tickles me to no end. So we'll be talking to Sanjaya a little later in the hour. But first, it's time to welcome back to the studio everyone's favorite chubby, Chorizo Steve Chasaro. Hello, everybody. Hello, Steve. It's so nice to be back. You know what I really miss? Tell me. Oh, there's your applause. Oh, hey, everybody. The audience just woke up. I felt like really sad that I didn't have my applause. But you know what else I'm sad about? I don't Tell have me. my bumper. You're into the woods. I love my bumper. Into the woods. Into the woods. <laughs> out of the woods. I'm so sad. But we do have a special guest that I would love to intro. Yes. Tell us okay. who you've brought to the studio with you today. So I have my best gal pal. We grew up together in Cleveland, Ohio. We knew each other when we went to uh, Notre Dame Cathedral Latin. Yes, it's as bougie as it sounds. Mm. Um, her name is Mary, and she's here in the studio with us, and I'm so happy to see her. Hi, Mary. Ooh, Mary. Hello, Hi, Mary. <laughs> Now, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming, Mary. Now, uh, you have to get really close to the mic, though. Tell us uh, what Steve was like as a youngster. Oh, my goodness. Um, Did you know he was a flaming homosexual? Well, obviously. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but times were very different back then. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but still. Yeah, it really wasn't. You guys are pretty young. But no. still very. Five years uh, ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want yeah. to reveal your age. Yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of a big deal yeah. uh, to, you know, to be gay, but not. Now, were you, par- were you part of the musical theater crowd? Is that how you knew Steve? We actually uh, met in youth group. Oh, yeah. Steve sang at the church. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the local church. And people would come. From all over. From far hear, and wide. To hear Steve's beautiful voice, uh, <laughs> s- voice of an angel. You know, speaking of that, Steve, we need oh. to have you record a song for our uh, annual Christmas special that we do when we, we I feature have singers. I've been thinking about it. I was like, I think I have a good uh Get yourself an accompanist. Yeah. I, uh, let's make that happen. Very fun. Well, it's yeah. lovely to have you here, Mary. Uh, Mary's going to be sitting in with us the whole hour. Feel free to jump I in at any time. Thank you. Yes, you and no. Steve, do you guys have matching tattoos? No. Cream one and cream two. 
<laughs> thing one and thing two. Maybe we, we will. We have matching nipple rings. I'm just kidding. You know. <laughs> <laughs> matching. I think we did both bleach our frost our tips at the same <gasps> we time. We did. We had in... frosty tips. Mm-hmm. Oh my Early god. 2000s that must, that must have looked great on Mary and terrible on Steve. Orange on me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, uh, uh, by the way, welcome JB back to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Adam. JB is so still recovering from Daddy Cream's dirty talk. Yo, my heart's still racing. Uh, my booty hole's still throbbing. It's, <laughs> that was my best Bottom. 30 seconds of my life ever. I'm so happy and I could provide it. If I ever you, meet yeah. this man and have, and have the opportunity to fuck him, I would fuck him down. I would do all the tricks. He I gave you all that moral earlier. Yeah. I thought he was lovely. I thought he was a really, he's a lovely person and he was a fun guest. All right. Well, speaking of dick, uh, the theme for today's news and topics is big dick. And um, Mm. we're going to start by asking uh, if any of you thinks there's any downside to having like a huge dick. Like, is it such a thing as having too big a dick? I have a lot to say about it. Here it is. No. <laughs> okay. You don't think there's any way that it could be too big or that having a big one could be a problem? No. If anything, I just see it. And if it's like bigger than I've ever seen, I'm like, all right, that's a challenge. And then I'll just, you know, I'll do it. I'll breathe through it. I'll talk to my Lord and Savior and just be like, God, <laughs> help me open up. Good for you. No. <laughs> you do the prayer do the and prayer. the deep breathing and the whole, right. oh, I, hope, I hope he doesn't tear me open. Right. Awesome. Call the pussy right. pallbearers. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> call, call your pussy pallbearers. No. To this day, the only thing that has ever torn me open is a condom. That's the only thing that rips me apart. Yo, same. Every time. Same. <laughs> Beautiful story. JB, you. do you think that uh, there's such a thing as having too big a dick? Um, okay. I, my, in my personal belief, no. But I know everyone's different and every hole is different. So you know, Every if, hole Yeah, if you like good. average size to smaller <laughs> penis, then do you, sis. Go, go, go get you some smaller dick. But I'm of a meaty queen. I love meaty dick. And it's a great fun. Well, personally, as a bottom, oh, I, right, gotta bring it back up. As a bottom, um, I don't want a huge dick. There's nothing I can do with a huge one. Uh, I can't really even enjoy sucking it or give a great blowjob if it's too big, and I certainly can't take it for more than an instant if it's really big. I want a boyfriend-sized dick. I want like a good mm. eight-inch, you know, nicely thick, but no bigger than that. Um, but the reason why I bring this up is because a casting call has been announced for an upcoming documentary. Called Too Large for Love. <laughs> <laughs> the show uh, is going to be produced by a company called Spun Gold. They have um, produced programs like uh, The Real Full Monty, My First Threesome, and The Real Full Monty on Ice. Wow. <laughs> Which can only mean naked ice skaters. Oh, could you imagine? You're cold. You're like Freezing. spinning around. You accidentally fall and your blade chops your dick off. How awful. <laughs> Don't even say such a thing. Anyway, the documentary, Too Large for Love, will discuss the hidden problems of living with a very large penis. Um, the casting call has been issued for people over the age of 18, thank you, of all ethnicities and sexualities. Um, they can apply through the Lost in TV website or by sending an email to Spun Gold. Um, according to the casting uh, for the program, a recent survey found that nearly half of the male population wishes they had a bigger penis. I'm one of that, one of those half. Uh, research published in the Journal of Sex and Marital Therapy back in 2019 conducted a survey with over 100 male participants, and they found that uh, um, many of them embellished their responses when asked about their penis size. Only 26.9% of the sexually experienced men self-reported penis lengths of less than 6 inches, while 30.8% self-reported lengths of 7 inches or more. Well, we know that's not possible. Um, In August of 2020, there was a channel – this is in England. There was a Channel 4 program called Me and My Penis. That's my favorite Broadway musical (laughs) starring Tommy Toon. Oh, my God. was applauded by viewers for breaking taboos and showing an erection on TV, on network TV. That was a first for the UK. Um, But, yeah, I I do think that – I mean, listen, I've talked to guys with huge dicks, and they say, first of all, a lot of people can't take it. Second of all, it makes them um, very conspicuous. You know, you you can't wear a lot of normal clothing. Like John Hamm does not like Mm -hmm. the fact that he's constantly being photographed with his giant bulge. 
Uh, you can't wear hoochie mama shorts because your dick gonna fall you out. You really, you can't. I mean, people <laughs> will look at you like you're being disgusting when you're just yeah. wearing tight shorts or wearing, uh, you know, you those. You just want to be like everyone else. Be right. cute and stuff. Also, I have a friend who complains that people only want to have sex with him for his big dick and they don't really want to f- learn anything else about him, you know? Where is he? Yeah, who's his friend? Send him my way. I'll show him the ropes. All I know is if I had a big dick, I would proudly show it off at all times and I would not have a problem with it. But again, I wouldn't want like a 12-incher. I'd want like an 8-incher. You know, something something nice. Something substantial. Actually, the perfect dick for me will be between 9 and 10. I always have fun with those sizes. Like You got those deep cheeks. I do. I do. Mm. Like... She's heavy cakes. It's a, it's the gatekeeper. Like there's a there's a size <laughs> limit. I can't help it. I wish we had a sound button for a gatekeeper of like gates opening. JP's <laughs> <laughs> ass gates. It's opening. a little creaky. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Oh my god. <laughs> well, meanwhile, uh, speaking of big dicks, you know who has a huge dick? Me, Hunter Biden. He does. The son of our president. Uh, okay, so you guys know that the right wing have been, you know, just obsessed with Hunter Biden's laptop for the last two years. This is a laptop that he very stupidly left at some computer store in Delaware that turned out to have a lot of embarrassing and supposedly incriminating information, although nobody has been able to tell me yet what crime Hunter Biden committed. But, you know, he was a self-admitted drug addict. He's, he's struggled with drugs for many years, um, seems to have a lot of other issues, and apparently loved to take pictures of his nine-inch cock. Now, when I posted this story originally, I said, this is the only Hunter Biden story that I care about. Because um, really it is. I don't give a shit what the Republicans think he's guilty of. He's never been uh, he's never been elected to anything. He's not a part of our government. Trump's kids literally used the United States government as a fucking piggy bank. Uh, Jared and Ivanka left the White House $600 million richer than they came. So I don't want to fucking hear about Hunter Biden. But I do want to hear about his nine-inch cock. And this story, which is from the New York Post, um, claims that – Hunter Biden suffers from body dysmorphia, and that's why he takes so many pictures of his dick. Stay with me. (laughs) In a note he supposedly wrote in 2018, he wrote, I love to be reassured that my nine-inch very big penis was actually big. It may sound funny to you, but it's body dysmorphia. I know my penis is almost twice the size of an average man's penis. Um... Uh, Oh, I guess that's the end of the note. Um, (laughs) Body dysmorphic disorder is a condition that causes the sufferer to obsess over perceived defects in their appearance. Um, That note, incidentally, was also on this hard drive along with the dick pics. Now, so I posted this and I was – all the pictures the New York Post showed were obviously blurred. But a listener who Mm. is the Shade Bell on Twitter, (laughs) she sent me the uncensored versions which I forwarded one of them to you, Steve. And it is an impressive dick. Now, it's uncut, which is not my favorite, as you know. But uh, It is? Yeah, it looks uncut to me. I don't think so. Hold on. She's, she's shaking her head, yes. Yeah. So you I also seen so. the penis? Well, Steve showed me. That's oh. an uncut dick. Yeah. Can I see the penis? The head is not very defined. I don't think so. I think it's just, boy, he has a nice body, though. I don't know. Well, it's very long, though. In any oh, case, okay, I see. I suspect that one of the reasons the Republicans hate him so much is because he has a nine-inch cock, and they're Probably. They jealous all as ones. fuck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Speaking of big dick, uh, I, I, th- I believe me and Steve have the same message for all the people with big dicks who have big dick dys- dysmorphia. Please bring them to here. Mm-hmm. We will show you yeah. that you have no reason. You will to reassure be sad them yes. that yes. they have every bit of dick. Oh yes. Well, as I told you, the theme today is big dick, and uh, here's another story about somebody with a big dick: a former Disney star. Now, I've never watched the Disney Channel because I'm an adult and not a pedophile. But um, <laughs> there was a sitcom for years called The Wizards of Waverly Place. Yes, I love that show. So that's why I first fell in love with Selena Gomez. Yes, this is the show that launched Selena's career. And David Henry, uh, the boy brother, he was also hot. Well, there was a, an actor on it um, who played Zeke. 
And I guess he started on it when he was a teenager. Why can't I find his name? Uh, his last name is Benson. Dan Benson. And Dan Benson, who is incredibly beautiful, he has grown into a quite a beautiful adult man. He has now launched an OnlyFans. The 34-year-old TV star is all grown up now and ready to shed the image that many fans probably still have of him from the Disney Channel by sharing spicy content of himself. He posted, if you want to see me naked, your wish has been granted. That's actually his OnlyFans bio. Um, (laughs) As soon as he started this OnlyFans page, it exploded in popularity, causing Dan Benson to tweet, never underestimate the power of gay Twitter. Now, as far as I can tell, he himself is not gay, and I think this is one of these OnlyFans mm. pages where the guy just shows it off and jerks off. I don't think he's going to do anything with anyone, but this dick is huge. <laughs> it is, like, one of the biggest dicks ever. And all I can think is, like, this kid must have been on some casting couches at some <laughs> point. I mean, if I had a dick like that, I would be like, here's my dick. Put me on your TV show. Aww. Good for him. Benson, <laughs> um, Benson's OnlyFans cost $20 a month, just like, just uh, like uh, Daddy yeah, Cream. Daddy you know you're popular when you can charge $20 a month. Without having a, sa- a sample sale? Absolutely. Uh, what's this? What's Podcast Mom mean? No, Podcast Nom. Did you want to talk about Podcast Nom? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Thank you for reminding <laughs> yep. me. Uh, sorry. Here we go. <laughs> Just a reminder to vote for us if you were selected as a voter by the Podcast Awards. If you were one of the kind souls who went on to podcastawards.com and registered and nominated us, then check your email, including your spam folder, because you were you may have been contacted by the Podcast Awards, notifying you that you are eligible to vote. Only a small sample of nominators get chosen as voters, but if you are a voter, it's essential that you go back to podcastawards.com, cast your vote for us in the comedy category, Derek and Romaine in the People's Choice category, and vote your conscience in LGBTQ, either Derek and Romaine or If These Ovaries Could Talk. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. Back to Big Dicks. I was like, who's podcast mom? (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So Hunter Biden has a huge cock. Dan Benson has a huge cock. Uh, Meanwhile, in the United Kingdom, um, police officers have been getting naked at a strip club. What? Times are tough. And I support this. (laughs) Apparently, some Metro police officers have been spending their off-duty hours bearing it all at London's Club Gay, which I guess they spelled G-A-Y. I don't know if they pronounce it like Mm. that or if it's called Club Gay. But anyway, they have a weekly stripping competition. And as I said, cops have been entering it and their bosses are not thrilled. Police officials have warned the officers to, to knock off the public nudity, saying it would be awkward when they have to return to the venue on official duty. Uh, officers at the Central West Basic Command Unit were further warned that CCTV could be viewed and officers spoken to should they participate going forward. And now we can't get the image of a bunch of irritated. <laughs> this is the writer of the article. We can't get the view of a bunch of irritated cops huddled around a video of amateur gay strippers out of our heads. <laughs> West End Police said in an email, it makes it awkward for the staff at the location to then have to deal with you when you are next on shift, attending the venue to carry out official duties. 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 You know, when the British pound has lost because of Brexit, times are tough. Take off your clothes, make that money, bring it home to mom. I have no problem (laughs) with police officers here or in England uh, entering strip contests. There's so many hot New York City cops. There are. We so, there's just like the security. Even there's security guards here are so hot. I was looking the other day. I'm like, oh my god, that guy is gorgeous. Just big arm, big chest, big, big and tall. Probably with a big dick. <laughs> yeah, they're sexy. Yeah, they're racist, but they're sexy. Oh, um, so ruins. this next story started as what I thought was a titillating blind item, and then it turned out to be a big nothing. So a lot of times I check out this uh, website called OMG Blog. Have you guys ever been there? No. They frequently post naked photos of male celebrities. Like if a male celebrity's nude gets leaked on the internet, you can go to OMG Blog and look at it. Okay, great. Good to know. 
And they also have blind items. And so this was so fucking misleading. The headline was, uh, let's see. A B-list actor will come out in vogue with their big wedding late summer, early fall. Now, this they're quoting an item from De Moi, which is an Instagram account we talked about a few weeks ago that is known for gossip. The De Moi blind item claims that a notable B-list actor will appear in vogue very soon as their official coming out announcement during their wedding. Hmm. And here's the actual item. B-list actor getting hitched. This B-list TV and movie actor who has a movie coming out with everyone's favorite triple threat is getting married early fall, late summer, and his wedding will be featured in Vogue. So I went on a tailspin. I was like, okay, who's everyone's favorite triple threat? Like Like literally or the world? Think about like celebrities who can sing, dance, and act. Who's everyone's favorite one? I mean, favorite? I was thinking like... What's it? John Travolta is not my favorite. Oh my God. What would he come on? Let's talk about this century. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I went immediately to J-Lo. Oh. Right? It's either either gotta be J-Lo or or Hugh, uh, Hugh, what's his face? Wait, J-Lo? Hugh Jackman. Coming out out in Vogue. Like coming out as in like. Her co star will be coming out. Hmm. Right? So now I'm like, Hmm. okay, who's making a movie with J-Lo right now? So I start searching the internet and I find out that Josh Duhamel who used to be married to Fergie and who always seemed gay to me, is coming out with a movie with J-Lo in the fall called Shotgun Wedding. Oh. So I start looking up Josh Duhamel and seeing what's up with his private life, and it turns out he's engaged to a woman named Audra Mari, who's a former Miss World America, which is a bullshit pageant I've never heard of. <laughs> Miss World America. Not Miss World, <laughs> not Miss America. But Miss World America. Anyway, they're getting married. So I'm like... How could he be engaged to this woman if he's going to be coming out? And then I looked again at that blind item from Dermois. It doesn't say anything about coming out. OMG blog basically just added that and said that he'd be coming out in vogue. And I think maybe they mean uh, coming out with an announcement. But because it's a gay blog, mm-hmm. everyone th- – and I was like – I started reading the comments and everyone's like, this is fucking misleading. No one's coming out. <laughs> I feel a little lied to because the way you read it, I was like, who's I coming know. out? Who gives a fuck <laughs> that some straight celebrity is coming out about getting married to a woman? I don't give a shit. <laughs> fuck you, OMG blog. How dare you? How dare you? Mm-hmm. How goddamn dare you? Meanwhile – um, this is not on the rundown, JB, but this is a cocktails and cock talk story I've been wanting to do for a while. Uh, so, hit it. And now, time for another stupid story from cocktails and cocktalk.com. Yeah, suck my cock. <laughs> so, this is one of these stories that came from Reddit. So, who the fuck knows if it's true or not? But it's a great story. According to Reddit, a 56 year old gay father sent a video of himself having sex with his 22-year-old tenant to his daughter. Oh. In the post, which is made by the daughter, uh, the daughter explains that after 27 years of marriage, her parents abruptly divorced four years ago, and her dad now lives in a town 30 minutes away. She received a text from her dad while on vacation visiting her in-laws. She writes, when I sat down to look... It was a video of his roommate performing oral sex on him. What? <laughs> Where's the oral sex sound? Oh, here. <laughs> my heart sank, and I felt sick to my stomach. Probably not the best talking point for paella with the parents' in-laws. Can't imagine the thoughts of what must have been running through her head. Like, is he giving the guy discounted rent? (laughs) She writes, obviously nobody wants to see their parent like this, and it was deeply disturbing. Uh, After advice from her younger brother, that bitch told the brother, she didn't reply to the text, but an hour later he realized, the father realized what he had done and wrote, oh no, forget you saw that. <laughs> Can we talk about this for like five seconds? Like, okay, I've we've all made videos, okay, collectively. I do, yes, please don't make fill yes, a lot of yes, people. Yes, yes, we've all, so we've all made so videos. Like, who the fuck 
puts has a daughter on their top ten list. Like that's not the first person I'm sending it to. Like you guys know what I'm saying? Like if I'm doing this and I'm making a video, I'm sharing it. She wouldn't be on the list. How did she get on the list? I don't think he meant to share anything. I, I don't think he meant to share the video with anyone. I think the video he probably made for his own private consumption. And he probably was trying to send, like, another picture and accidentally sent that video. I've done this. <laughs> I, there was a time years ago, I don't think I've ever mentioned this, where I plugged my uh, phone into my computer because I was trying to do an update. And literally every single photo from my hidden folder started <laughs> appearing on my Facebook page. Oh, yes, that happened to me. Immediately. Yeah. And, like, posting. And mm-hmm. literally Derek Hartley of the Derek and Romaine show was the first person who texted me and said, all of your nude photos are on Facebook. Oh, my God. <laughs> they were only up for, like, 10 seconds before yeah. I deleted them. But it was terrifying. So it seems like Apple's yeah. trying to get people caught up. That's why yeah. I don't fuck with Apple. That's I don't even know how it happened. I don't think it could happen nowadays. I think that was – Facebook was I think it was back, Yeah, because that happened to me. And actually it was a girl that – another girl. It was Lynn, Lynn. I'll tell you the last name later. But she texted me saying, I saw – that and I'm like, oh, and I like freaked out. Have you ever sent a text or picture accidentally that you were supposed to send to somebody else? Yes, to your mom I've, or dad. I've sent bitchy messages about people to the person I'm talking about. Oh, I've totally done that too, which is the worst. <laughs> I was a friend of mine broke up with his boyfriend, and I immediately te- tried to text someone, and was like, so and so and so and so just broke up, and I sent it to him, and he's like, <gasps> thanks, this makes me feel worse. <laughs> oh, damn. Meanwhile, here in the New York area in Long Island, a five-foot alligator turned up in a residential home. Oh, my God. It was somebody's pet. A nine-year-old, five-foot-long American alligator named Zachary was... (laughs) Of course his name's Zach. Hey, Zach. (laughs) I love when pets are named just like normal human names, Uh like a dog named Barbara. (laughs) Zachary was turned over to the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation and the Suffolk County Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. According to the, uh, the SPCA chief, the reptile's owner gave it up. The owner had, brought the gator, uh, had bought the gator out of state, lacked the permit to own it in New York, and could no longer care for it. They were keeping this fucking alligator in their basement. Uh, originally, the owner claimed they didn't know anything about the alligator. I think there was an anonymous mm. tip that was called in. But then we gave them the choice of either turning it in and facing civil penalties or having us get a search warrant and facing criminal charges. That's when they made the call and said, we have the alligator. Come get it. Zachary will be sent to a licensed wildlife sanctuary. The SPCA chief said alligators do not make good pets. Yeah, people... They're a danger to the public. They're illegal to own without a permit. These are very, very dangerous animals. They can inflict serious injuries or even death. I don't understand these people. Like, the same people who have mountain cats and stuff as pets. It's like, these are animals that belong in the wild. (laughs) And that... So it looks like us. They are the apex predator, but sir. That just happened in Long Island too. There was a lynx that was running around, oh. eating people's cat food and <laughs> hanging out like by their back door. And people kept spotting it on video. They weren't even sure what kind of cat it was, but it was clearly an exotic animal. And it turned out to be a lynx. God damn it, people! Stop it! People, Leave people on Long alone. Island are fucking I was crazy. Say, it's also Long Island. Like, are you surprised? <laughs> a bunch of Trump voters. <laughs> hey, uh, do you have our guest ready, uh, JB? No, not for another. Let Let's get him because I want to do an extra long interview with him. Um, And in the meantime, a couple other stories that I've been wanting to do. Oh, first of all, um, you guys know the famous Supreme Court case, Obergefell Mm -hmm. versus Hodges. I've been calling him Obergefell, but that's not correct. It's Obergefell. This was one of the two cases that granted LGBTQ people marriage equality. Well, the man for whom that case is named, Jim Obergefell, is probably going to be the next congressman from Ohio. Yay. Come on, homosexual. He won his his Democratic primary. He was actually unopposed. Uh, You know, there's a lot of primary races happening throughout the country. And a couple weeks ago, he he was officially declared the winner for a— Legislative seat representing Ohio's Lake Erie Coast through oh. Ottawa and Erie counties. Actually, I'm sorry, he's not going to be in Congress. 
If oh. he wins the general election, he'll be in the Ohio State House. Oh. He's going to be facing off against a second-term Republican, D.J. Swearingen. Um, this marks the first time that Obergfell has moved from activism into a political run for office. And, of course, this is a really important time for him to be doing this, given that that, that very decision is under attack by yep. Clarence Thomas and possibly other Supreme Court justices. So it would be very exciting for him to to um, to win his race. And yeah. so if you live in the Lake Erie district of Ohio, make sure you vote for Jim Obergefell. Ohio doing some great stuff. Come on, Ohio. Yes, Ohio. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We're going to go to our guest segment early because I want extra time with him. So I'm excited. so excited about this. Our guest today is a household name, someone for whom you don't even have to know his last name to know who he is. In 2006, as a 17-year-old, he made it to the finals in season six of American Idol and then, through no fault of his own, became one of the most controversial reality show contestants of all time. Here's how it all started when Sanjaya Malakar first auditioned for American Idol. Hit it, JB. Yeah. Let me hear you sing some Stevie. All right. Like a fool, I went and stayed too long. Now I'm wondering if your love's still strong. Ooh, baby, here I am. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. Woo! Then that time I went and said goodbye. Now I'm back and not ashamed to cry. Ooh, baby, here I am, signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. And please give a warm-ass welcome to Sanjaya Malakar. Hello. Hello. That is a horrifyingly excruciating person, too. (laughs) Is it? Because I think you sound so beautiful. I well, when I listen to it, I just sound like a child who has a lot of work to do. <laughs> like, I mean, you were a child. Yeah, hi. Hi, <laughs> welcome to the ass. Uh, thank you very much. It's great to be here. <laughs> Sanjaya, I'm thrilled to have you here. I have so many questions for you. Um, let it. Let's start with now and work backwards. Okay. All right. So, where are you living right. nowadays? What are you doing for a living, and what does your hair look like? Um, well, I will also work backwards. Uh, my hair is gone, all that stress and over-processing now involved, but luckily I have a, um, a nice-shaped head, so I shave it. Um, my, I am uh, I'm a pastry chef. I'm running a pastry program at a, a like... Not quite fine dining, but, like, approachable fine dining restaurant in a small town in Montana. You live in Montana? Yeah. I hear it's absolutely beautiful there. I've never been. It is gorgeous. I'm actually standing outside right now because I couldn't stand to sit inside because it's beautiful. So you're not involved in the music business in any kind of, of any kind right now, right? And no, not really. I, like, I, I do a couple things here and there with, like, writing, and, and I play with bands locally, but nothing in the, in the mainstream. Do you, when you're, like, you know, living your everyday life there in Montana, do people ever stop you and go, hey, you're Sanjaya from American Idol? Um, not as much stopping anymore, but every once in a while I'll have, like, a coworker or some friend of a friend be like, wait, I just found out that I spent all night last night watching your videos. Like, it's, yeah, it's still weird because for me, I was a child and then American Idol was like the, like my junior and senior year of high school. I got my GED to do it and then was just doing that. (laughs) And so uh, for me, it feels like I was like the, like star quarterback of my high school football team or whatever the fuck and uh people just keep reminding me of it right that's <laughs> like, like a different time in your life that people keep asking yeah, you to I'm relive like, much as i'm going to do totally. today <laughs> no, which is fine but it's like when i'm going to the bodega to get a like orange juice at three o'clock in the morning in my sweatpants i don't necessarily like i'm not ready to relive my childhood <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm sure that's weird. Now, as I mentioned, uh, you were only 17 when you auditioned. Mm-hmm. What do you so remember? I was actually 16 when I auditioned, but once I got, so I like, yeah, I had just turned 17 when I got on the show. So what do you remember about that day? Um, it was long and rain. Well, so it was like two days in the very first audition and I didn't like, <sighs> there's a lot that happened that day. And I almost didn't audition. My mom had to go back home to get my uh, birth certificate while I was standing in front of the, like, at the front line. I, like, went through. Um, the, the second audition, I got cut before going through, but my sister went through. And so they brought me back because they wanted a uh, story with me and my sister. And, like, it was, there was a lot of... Wait, so you were cut before you actually made it through? I was cut before I was even, like, got far enough to be on TV. Right, before you got to and meet then, Simon, Randy, and Paula. So, yeah, exactly. So, so you do, uh, the very first audition is like a, a cattle call. Second audition is for, like, producers or whatever. And then the third audition is for the executive producers. And then the fourth audition is for the judges. So I got cut the second audition. My sister went to the third. Uh, they told her, oh, well, I guess you're just, like, more competition for your brother. And she's like, well, no, he got cut. I'm like, wait, what? They called whoever outside had me put a number back on, threw me back in the room. They're like, all right, well, we want to show you and your sister make a great TV, so we're going to put you through, go figure out why you didn't make it, and then come back and, and audition as if you're supposed to be here. And I was like, okay. And then that. Like, that so you, were, you were manipulated from the very beginning. The whole thing is a manipulation from the beginning. And it's, it's like, I, I say that and, and in saying that I understand that it is a show and so the like in retrospect it's easy to see why they do what they do because they make great television by doing so right but uh absolutely they i mean they brought me in they saw me and my sister we are television friendly culturally ambiguous (laughs) you know they they tried to get some uh some Sibling rivalry, we didn't give it to them. Right. They tore the older sister apart, got the crying scene of me. It's like, I can't make it without you kind of scene. Uh, when I made it to the tour, uh, I was uh, 17. I, was, I turned 18 on tour. But my sister was 19, so she was my guardian. Hmm. And so while we were on the tour, the producers came on, uh, asked my sister to come back on the show and told her, like, <laughs> We'll film you doing all the auditions, but we'll just bring you up to top 24 so you can have a guaranteed spot. Oh, my God. Continue the wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Like, I... Wait, Sanjaya. What you're saying is your sister was never in the competition, even though what we saw is we saw you and Shamali both make it to Hollywood and compete. She was in the, in the competition. They asked her to come back for the next year, and she chose not to. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So, so she was in the competition. She, she made it through to the end of Hollywood. Basically, they let her go through. Uh, if she had gotten to the next uh, audition or whatever, then she wouldn't have been uh, qualified to come back the next year and audition. So they cut her right before she couldn't come back and then asked her to come back and guaranteed her a spot in the top 24. And she said, no, I have integrity. I don't want to do this. I saw what you did to my brother for the last year. I'm going to like walk away from this. No, totally. you'll never make it if you don't have us. And she was like, fuck that. I don't care. Now she's a Michelin star sommelier. So she, she's, she's a, she works as a sommelier, a Michelin star. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So wait, let's get back to you though. And your season. Um, Cause we're getting right. ahead of ourselves. So you, you, yeah, you audi- that's all right. So you audition for Randy, Paul, and Simon. You both make it to Hollywood. She gets cut. You advance all the way to the finals. Yeah. I imagine that at first it was really fun and exciting for you. 
So, so I had mixed emotions because at first I didn't even like I auditioned because friends in my choir were like, Oh yeah, we're all going to like California to audition. You should come here a singer. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to travel that far. And then it came to Seattle. So I was like, okay, it's not that far. I might as well. I fully believed that I would get cut immediately and was like, okay, I'll like see what this is like, have some experiences and then like go back to my life and do whatever and whatever. Uh, and then a year later I was world famous. So, uh, it like, I didn't really prepare my mind for what it was going to be in any capacity. And like everything that like came from it was just kind of a reaction. Uh, Well, so what happens is, what happens is almost from the get go, once you're in the finals, Simon's critiques of you and your performance become, uh, becomes really cruel and vicious and really wrong in terms of how any adult should be speaking to a teenager. I don't want to re-traumatize you, but for, for listeners who may not have watched American Idol or who may have been too young to remember this, here's an example of what you had to deal with on national TV week after week. Utterly horrendous. <laughs> I'm being serious. I'm, I'm being serious. Honestly. It was. It was as bad as anything we see at the beginning of American Idol. You know where all the... Simon, 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 Simon. Simon. Come on. Simon, Simon, Simon. Even if it wasn't his best performance, you've never, you've really never liked this guy. So was it the song? Excuse me. Or you just don't like Sanjaya? Who rattled your cage? (laughs) This is... Well, I've made it about all of to us. To the left. Come over here, Sandra. But, but Paula, if he came out and he nailed it, would Simon Ryan. ever What I was ever trying like. to say is, is, I know this has been funny for a while, yeah. but based on the fact that we are supposed to be finding an American Idol, right. it was hideous. So I want to point out to everyone, we, we heard you sing in that audition. You have a beautiful voice. It's not like you were up there being William Hung. Uh, who they were also horrible to, uh, you know, to someone who was clearly on the spectrum and, and didn't know that he was being mocked in front of national TV. But the point is, like, technically, you could sing, and I believe you were trying your best. You weren't going out there and making a mockery on purpose or being silly or not taking it seriously. So after you go, you go through that treatment on stage in front of a live audience and millions of TV viewers... What what do you do? You go backstage, and what happens? Uh, well, so I feel like life prepares you for everything that you're going to experience. Um, I definitely had uh, quite a bit of verbal abuse from stepdads growing up, so I was really good at... Um, letting it kind of wash off my back. Like, obviously it affected me and I was like, this is, um, you know, more than what Simon said, what was perpetuated online by haters, whatever, like the people that loved me were so balanced by people that were literally starving themselves until I got cut from the show. So like that effect that I had as a child on that many people had way more effect on me than, like the things that Simon was saying, because it was one person say, saying something. I was very aware of the fact that he's being paid to say these things. Uh, he actually came to me at a after party after the finale. And was like, I just need to say, like, I have so much respect for you in how much grace you took my comments with, because you never, like in all of the interviews afterwards, I made a point to not talk shit. Like, because I do have a lot of respect for someone who's willing to go that far to do whether, you know, I, I wouldn't choose to, I have a little bit more, um, I don't know. But Sanchaya, when he says uh, that to you, are you thinking to yourself, go fuck yourself, dude? Like, how about, how about not attacking me rather than thanking me for being gracious? Yeah. Well, for me, it was like, it's really sad that this is what you have to do to be somebody or whatever you want, but you've chosen this path in your life. So that's fine. 
fuck you. I have plenty that I could say to you. But in this moment, my job is to stand here and look pretty and be the kind little <laughs> whatever, the, like, you know, the sweet little boy. And, and again, it's like all of these things over the course, because it started with Simon and then it's like perpetuated through anything I tried to do afterwards. It was like, there was always this sense of, you're never going to be able to, obviously, you're never going to be able to please everyone. And the people that you don't please will always find the worst, the, the trigger, the button that you need to hear to break down. And like, I, I was like, I would like to wake up and be happy and not have unrealistic expectations set on myself. <laughs> and so I moved to the middle of nowhere. <laughs> See, but Sanjay, I feel like if the judges had been nice to you and, and honestly had been honest and said like, hey, great job, you know, you sounded great. If they had been on your side, I feel like the public would have been on your side. But what ended up happening is because you kept getting voted back every week, you kept, uh, the, the, the fans were keeping you on the show and the judges kept pummeling you, you became a national punchline, right? Every late night host and comedian had a Sanjaya joke in their act, including me, which I apologize to you for because, you, yeah. again, you were a child and I should have fucking known better, but, you know, I was a moron in 2006. But, but that's also the nature of the industry, especially then, was, like, I, if I was 22, I would have been, like, right in the middle, should have already been, like, having something. By the time I'm 35, I'm probably too old to start something. So 17 is like the peak. That's when, like, you know, it, I feel like that era right around 2007, 2008, when, uh, like, right before the writer's strike, I feel like the writer's strike was kind of the catalyst for this shift in the media and in the industry because there's so much reality television. Right, so reality TV exploded. Time. It exploded because there was no one writing anything good. But uh, the... That, that, like, want for youth and for that, like, let's, let's just pretend like the, the countdown to the Olsen twins' 18th birthday, like, that kind of shit was so prevalent around that time that it was really easy to see me and be like, oh, yeah, he's just someone on a show, not, like, there's a disconnect between a 17-year-old on a TV show, 17-year-old in a high school. Right, we forgot you were a time. real human being. A um, child, yeah. Was there was there any adult as you're going through this process, as you're on the show and you're becoming this, you know, sensation, is there any adult in your life who's like counseling you, who's checking in with you, who's like, Are you okay? How are you handling this? Yeah, I mean my like my family was really is really close with me and uh very open. We're very like there's a lot of uh dysfunction in any family but we do have a very strong like communicative relationship and and can talk about things and check in on me and all this stuff my mom was there the whole time so she was able to make sure that everything like she actually went to the producers and were like you need to stop putting him on the bottom two when he's actually not because this is now what six weeks in a row that you're saying one of you's in the bottom two one of you's going home and the other two one has some of the most votes of the week and it's me and the person going home so now i'm directly sending home people that i've grown close to for four or five six weeks at a time my mom's like this is now becoming abuse you need to stop it so she be she believed won. that the that the vote counts were being manipulated she believed not necessarily that the vote counts but how they were presented in the finale so like when we did the reveal of who was going home i was standing next to the person being sent home for like three or four, I, I can't remember how long, but perpetually week after week, they would put me there so that it was like Sanjaya sending this person Right, you, like you were the villain when all you were doing yeah. is singing and, tr and do, you know, doing what they're telling you to do. When honestly, all I was doing was, was just existing and being like, why am I still here? This is cool. Okay, I guess I'm supposed to do this now. Oh, you want to do my hair? Cool. Okay. <laughs> right, the pony hawk. I was like, 
all of it. Like, I would literally go to uh, Dean, the, the hairstylist, I'd go to his studio, like, the day or two before, and he'd have, like, four or five mannequin heads with wigs on them with hairstyles and be like what do you think so like i was thinking about this one this week or maybe this one next week like what do you think what song are you singing we'd figure out which of the hairstyles i was gonna do that week and then so for example the pony hawk the week that i was gonna do that my mom uh my mom went in and was like this is ridiculous my son is not a joke Right. I'm not going to have him walking around looking like a fool. And Nigel Lithgow, the, the executive producer, was like, I understand as a parent, I understand where you're coming from. I wouldn't want that. But as a producer, I have to tell you that this is going to be, like, world change. This is going to be a media Sensation, right. And, yeah, you have a decision to make. You can either be a part of that media phenomenon and risk whatever comes with that or you know be it but that's also kind of what i feel about the like if the judges weren't as mean to me and if they were kind of neutral then i think everyone's reaction to me would have been neutral and i wouldn't be a household name and i wouldn't you know i feel like it would have just been like oh, okay that's another kid that's singing he's all right but he's not great obviously i'm not like like i pride myself on the hours of work I've done since then to be able to confidently say that I can sing. But back then, I know for a fact, like, I, like, it is a fact that I was not a fully developed singer. I did not have, you know, so as a judge for a show that's looking for the next American Idol, there are nicer ways for them to have said, Sanjay, you're not ready for this. Yes, and nowadays, nowadays, because the culture has changed, nowadays they would never talk to any contestant that way, especially one who was underage. Uh, Sanjay, there was... Well, and, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, the judges are also artists now. So they have sensitivity That's right. that executives don't have. Well, you know, Paula Abdul and Randy Jackson were supposedly artists, but... I know what you're saying. They were a lot more sensitive than, than Simon. That's true. Sanjay, there was, great, there was great speculation when you were on the show about your sexuality, um, which mm -hmm. is creepy given that you were 17. <laughs> so not that it's anyone's business now, but I'm giving you this opportunity to set the record straight, so to speak. How do you identify? Um, I identify as bisexual. Um, at the time, I did not know which was why it was so weird for me. Like, basically, for years, every, I was raised by women. I was in theater. I was, like, had a hard time figuring out how to, like, interact with young boys because, you know, my dad's from India and didn't, like, grew up in a temple. So there was never, like, this is how you are a boy. Right. And then my mom is an A-type personality, Italian-American woman, and her sisters and my sister and you know, all that. So growing up, it was already kind of, I was the awkward theater kid, but same I, here. You know, huh? Same here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but so I got along, I always got along with theater kids. I always got along with the gay kids and the girls. And so I was like, okay, this is like my people, but I don't know. Like everyone keeps telling me that I am gay and I'm like seven. And I'm like, I don't even have any attraction to anyone, so why are you telling me that? Like, right. why are you trying to protect me? You know, and then over the course of time, I'm like discovering, and you know, how at the time of American Idol, I had a serious long-term girlfriend. Uh, you know, there's like, I was exploring my life as a you know child, and then American Idol happens, and I was like, oh, he's gay. And I'm like, okay, well, now I have to say no because at this point they're forcing me to make a decision and to like define myself because especially also at that time, that was a big thing as well. Cause I grew up in a time when being called a faggot in school was the worst thing that could ever happen to you. You had to be as hyper-masculine as possible to fit in. And then coming up in 2007, it was like, okay, being gay is okay, but you have to define yourself, and there's this or that. And if you're this, then you are falling into this hole. If you're that, you're, and it's like, 
all of my publicists, all of it, they're like, oh, just like, tell everyone you're single, be ambiguous, be, you know, like, no one needs to know anything about anything because you don't want to lose your fans. And I'm like, okay, but why am I manipulating what I know of myself to figure out what kind of fans I'm going to get? Because I'm still trying to discover who I am. Right. Now, you you guys are trying to find my, you know, everything. You've never come out publicly. And uh, you and I spoke in a pre-interview, which I don't usually do, but I really wanted to make sure you were cool with all these questions. Um, you told me in our pre-interview that you've never even come out to your parents. No, I mean, I like, no, because for me, it's like, at this point, I don't really care about what people know of my sexuality. And if I'm going to, like, if I got in a serious long-term relationship with the guy I would bring him to my family and they'd be like oh cool right you know it's like my family's not the kind of people that I really need to come out to formally and I feel like like I you know if I bring a girl home after I've come out you know a couple of my cousins have have, are bi as well and have brought home you know gay partners and then come and married someone else and it's like it becomes a big deal and then it's not. And then it's a whole, and I'm like, I don't, you know, unless it's something serious, it's not really their business. I'm not trying to fuck any of them. <laughs> like I don't really like, I'll come out to people if I, you know, if it's a situation like this, but like, if I'm not trying to fuck you, I'm not, I, it doesn't matter. Like you'll know if I do. Well, I'm, I'm extremely proud that you've chosen this ridiculous plat, this ridiculous podcast <laughs> as your platform for coming out. Are you currently dating anyone? Um, no, uh, no, it's like, so actually the day of your, um, of our, uh, pre-interview, I had just driven back, or like I had driven back the night before from uh, wedding, from my best friend's wedding, um, and like, kind of reconnected with someone that I knew a long time, ago that I knew a long time ago, that seems interesting, and then uh, flipped my car two and a half times. Oh my god! So I'm not, I'm not sure uh, if that's like a sign to like slow down or if. Like, I don't, I don't know. So, yes, I'm single, but it's complicated all the time. Are you okay? <laughs> Were you injured? Yeah, I'm fine. I was, I have a scrape on my, actually, I, I walked away, I walked half a mile to get phone service. It was, it was kind of miraculous. But my dad blessed my car before I drove away from Seattle, so it must have been, it must have been protected. <laughs> I'm so glad you're okay. Uh, would you say, like, in balance, being Sanjaya has helped get you laid, or has it been a detriment to getting you no. laid? Uh, it's a detriment because I I enjoy the thrill of the chase, and I don't like feeling like someone's fucking me because I'm somebody, like I'm also a bartender, so I don't like fucking someone who wants to fuck me because I'm a bartender. I like I have really I have a lot of self esteem issues, and I really like to uh, be sure that. You know, someone is interested because I'm in it. I also uh, felt the same way about going to college. I wanted to go to uh, Cornish School of the Arts in Seattle, a really good art school, music school. Um, but I didn't want them to know I was on American Idol during the audition because I wanted to know that I got through because of my audition, not because of my faith. We're almost um, out of time, Sanjaya, and I'm so grateful that you uh, agreed to speak with us and that you've been so candid. Um, I wish you all the best. If Simon Cowell is listening, and I'm sure he is, what would you like to say to him? Um, thank you for uh, showing me exactly what the industry is about and teaching me that it's not necessarily what I needed to involve myself in. <laughs> Perfect. Sanjaya Malakar, how can, pe- how can people follow you online? Um, I'm on TikTok, uh, Jaya the Dragon. I'm on... Uh, I mean, I'm on TikTok more than anything, and then on there, there are links to other things. Thank you so much, sweetie. Please come back on the show anytime you want. Of course, I'd love to. Steve and JB, plug yourselves. I am Steve Cesaro Medina on Facebook and Cup Nexi on Instagram.
I am Stocking Anarchy 12, only on Instagram. Thank you both so much. We are back live again next week with social media superstars on and Dave McKyle. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at adamsank and on TikTok at adamsankofficial. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. I want to thank Sanjaya one more time for that amazing interview and have a great week, bitches. Oh, and Mary, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Mary. Bye, Mary. Bye.